0: 2020 was a difficult year, and its echoes can still be heard in voices all around us. Hi, I'm Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. It seems like everyone is telling us how we ought to think, act, talk, and overall just live. It's time to turn our attention to the one who created us. It's time to hear what God has to say about how we should live and what we should be. In this series, we will unpack five truths that, if lived out, can change our lives in powerful ways. We hope you enjoy. Do you remember the movie Wizard of Oz? Yeah, you know, Dorothy, Toto, the basket, the red high heels. Do you remember the characters uh, beyond Toto and Dorothy? Like the scarecrow. Do you remember what he was in search of? Actually, maybe some of you were in search of a brain. Do you remember the Tin Man and what he was in search of? Yep, that's right, a heart. And then, of course, there is the lion, the king of the beast, the lion. Do you remember what he was in search of? Yep, that's right, courage, courage. And I want to spend some time in today's message talking about this topic of courage. And let me ask you another question. Do you need courage? Do you need more courage? Or are you full of courage? Well, again, uh, today we're going to spend time looking at this topic of courage. Let's pray. God, it is good to be in your presence. And God, with all that is going on in each of our lives, we come before you asking that you would pour out your Holy Spirit into our hearts and into our minds. Lord, we've enjoyed a time of worship And now we get to find ourselves present in your word, drinking from the fountain of all truth and hope and knowledge. I am praying, God, that you would help us to draw courage from your words today. Thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Well, just a few weeks ago, I introduced our topic or not our topic, actually our theme for 2021 here at West Valley Christian Church. Do you remember what the theme is? Well, let me remind you or tell you for the very first time for some of you. Our theme is B. Yep, that's right. It's simply B-E period. And as I shared a few weeks ago, the reason that is our theme is I asked this question, how would you and I respond to 2020? With all the voices telling us how to act and how to think and how to speak and how to live, how do we react and respond to 2020? Well, in 2021, it's time to act and live and respond and speak according to how God has called us to be. And so with that, we are encouraging you to memorize a specific passage in Scripture. It's our theme verse for the year. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. It reads like this, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and guess what? Do everything in love. Can you say that with me? Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. So the very first week, two weeks ago, I I began to take a look at this passage, and and, and we looked at the topic of be on your guard. And what what does that look like? And, and Paul was encouraging the church in Corinth to be on their guard, first of all, against uh, uh, false teachers. And uh, you and I uh, are constantly being bombarded by voices that are not telling the truth. And I shared that in the first week, and Pastor John again emphasized it last week, that even in the church, you could be bombarded with false truth. Or, or false words, should I say. And so we always need to be on our guard and make sure that we're listening to what God's word says and not, uh, not what man uh, has to say. We also talked about being on guard means paying attention uh, about the, the end times, the, the return of Christ. And we looked at how uh, the people back in the, in the, in the day that, that Paul was writing this letter, they were anticipating Christ's return, and that impacted the way in which they lived. And here we are today in 2021. And I would encourage you to realize as Christ followers, Jesus Christ is coming back. And there ought to be an urgency in the way in which we live our lives. And so that's part of being on guard. And then we talked about being on guard is also uh, in regards to prayer. And we look at Ephesians and that wonderful prayer about the armor of God and and how that allows us to to, to have everything that you and I need uh, as we walk and live through this life today. Pastor John, last week, Uh, He he unpacks this idea of standing firm in the faith, the the second part of this amazing scripture in first Corinthians chapter 16. And basically what that boiled down to was this knowing God's word. That's right, knowing God's word. And to know God's word means that we've got to be in God's word. And so I want to encourage you with John, uh, John's words last week that we, whether it's five minutes or 60 minutes or 90 minutes, every day we ought to be in God's word so that we know his word. And then secondly, uh, Pastor John said that it's, not, it's one thing just to know God's word, but we've got to obey God's word. So there's some background that leads us up to today's message. And I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And we're going to go to verse 13. And again, it says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith. And then next it says this, be courageous, be courageous. I want to answer three questions today. And the first question is this, what is courage? Webster's uh, Dictionary defines courage this way. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. Uh, Another definition uh, says that courage is strength in the face of pain or grief. Courage is strength uh, in the face of, of pain or grief. And then a third definition is this. Strength, courage is strength to do something dangerous. Courage is strength to do something dangerous. In in scripture, uh, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew and, and, and that word courage is found throughout the Old Testament. It's it's not so much in the New Testament, but it's all over the Old Testament. And the Hebrew word or the Hebrew meaning for courage is simply this, to show oneself strong. Can you say that with me? To show oneself strong. That's what it means to be courageous. The New Testament's written in the, the, the language Greek, and, and, and that uh, word courage is translated a few different ways, but I love the, the, the translation that says, take heart or boldness. So courage means to show oneself strong, or in the Greek, to take heart or to have boldness. Courage is a Christian duty but also a constant possibility for the one who places himself or herself in in, in the hands of an almighty God. I want to read this again. Courage is a Christian duty, but also a constant possibility for one who places himself or herself in the almighty hands of God. General Patton said this about courage. Courage is fear holding on a minute longer. Courage is fear holding on a minute longer. John Wayne, the great theologian, said this Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyways. Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyways. And then there's Eddie Rickenbacker, and and what an amazing story this this gentleman has. But he says this, courage is doing what you are afraid to do. Courage is doing what you are afraid to do. Does your heart resonate with any of those definitions or any of those thoughts on courage? (laughs) What seems impossible is oftentimes possible with courage. This past weekend, my son, my younger son Easton, he's 13 years old, uh, my wife was off busy uh, doing something, and so we we watched a movie Friday night. And I said, Easton, it's time for us to watch Rocky. Raise your hand if you've ever seen the movie Rocky. Well, i have forgotten this, but Rocky came out, I think it was in 1976. I hadn't realized it's been that long. And honestly, I probably have not seen that movie since then. I've seen a lot of clips. Uh, I've seen the scenes, you know, that that are oftentimes highlighted. But it was probably the first time I'd seen this movie in in over 40 years. And so there I'm sitting on the couch with my son, and we're watching this awesome, timeless movie. By the way, side note, it was like a million-dollar budget, and I think it's grossed like $240 million or something like that. But the story is about uh, Rocky Balboa, a small-time boxer from the streets of Philadelphia. He was randomly chosen to take on the heavyweight champion of the world. Do you remember his name? Apollo Creed. And so here you have this nobody taking on this quote-unquote somebody, the heavyweight champion of the world. The match was not to exceed three rounds. Throughout the movie, Apollo's like, "Yeah, oh, I'm going to get them within three mounds, rounds. And if you watch the movie or, or forget, there's a, there's a scene. I, I had totally forgotten this. That, that just before Rocky was to fight the fight, I think it was like on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, that um, he wanted to back out. He was like, I, I can't do this. He had trained for it, but he realized, I, I, I can't do this. Well, he pressed through that, and he showed up, and uh, he made his way into the ring. Courage, courage would take him into the ring And courage would actually pull him off of the mat when one scene particularly, he's down for the count. Even the men in his corner, his team, were saying, stay down, stay down. And Rocky Balboa, the Italian stallion, was able to courageously pull himself off of that mat and stand up and be willing to take another few rounds of punches to his body and his face well he was expected to go maybe three rounds but he went 15 rounds though all the rounds possible he went 15 rounds with the heavyweight champion of the world now he did not win the fight Uh, he lost uh, uh, with a a judge's um, a judge's uh, decision but personally, he was victorious because just days before, he didn't think he could do what he was able to do. My friends, this is courage, which leads me to the second question. How does courage look? Well, I want us to journey back, way, way back in time, and we're going to go to the Bible, and we're going to go to the book of Numbers, and uh, just so you know, there's not many times Pastor Rob is going to be preaching out of the book of Numbers. But here we go, Numbers chapter 13, and I want us to to land on uh, verse one. Numbers chapter 13, verse one. Now let me give you a little bit of context. You know God's chosen people, the Israelites. Uh, were suffering under the heavy hand of Pharaoh and, and and Egypt, and and they were slaves and they were mistreated, and and, and God uh, called Moses to to uh, bring them out of this heavy hand and, and pull them out of Egypt and and take them out. And so you've got that history, uh, and, and there's, there's so much more, but uh, you, you, you also go back to Abraham and the promise that God gave Abraham that if he would leave his country, that he was gonna bless them, and he was gonna bless them with this land, and this land f- uh, flowing with milk and honey, and everything was gonna be absolutely amazing. So this is kind of where we pick up the, the, the Israelites have been pulled out of slavery. They're on their way to the land of milk and honey. Verse uh, Chapter 13 of Numbers, verse 1 says this. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. Did you see that? I'm giving to the Israelites. This isn't a new surprise. This has always been said. This was always the goal. And from each ancestral tribe, uh, send one of its leaders. And so if you continue to read on in this passage, you're going to see uh, every tribe named and every person that was representing that tribe. And they were going to go and they were going to spy out. They were going to go and do a, a, a search on, on what was happening in this land of Canaan that they were going to take on. So you, so you, you read on and, and after... Years of traveling, the promised land is right here in, in their fingertips, and the, these, these men are going to spy out, and everything's going to be wonderful. And then you read Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. And it says, At the end of 40 days of exploring and, and, and spying, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the, the whole Israelite community. Uh, then, then, they were reported, uh, then they reported to them, uh, to the whole assembly, and showed them the fruit of their land. They gave Moses this account. Now listen, press into this. They gave him this account. We went into the land that was promised to us by God, by the way, to which you sent us. And it does flow with milk and honey. Here, it, here is its fruit. They had taken some grapes. But the people who live there. There's that but in the Bible. But the people who live there are powerful. Did you catch that? The people that live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. And and even saw descendants of of Anna, there. What? An Anak, Anak there? I just put two words together. The Amalekites live there. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Verse 30 says this, hold on to your seats. Then Caleb, after hearing all this, we can't, we can't, we can't. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. How does courage look? It looks just like Caleb and his words in the story we just read. This is Rocky stepping into the ring even though he was afraid. I love this story because Caleb stands out and he stands up against the popular opinion. The others saw, and they saw danger. The others saw, and they, they, they were paralyzed by fear. The others saw, and they said, they said, we can't, and yet Caleb saw opportunity. He saw hope. He saw the promise of God, and he said, instead of we can't, Caleb said we can. And in my mind, this is a picture of courage. Numbers 13, verses 31 uh, through 33. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are are stronger than we are. And they, they, they speared among the Israelites a bad, or they spread amongst the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said this, the land we explored devours those living in it. Can you just hear the fear spewing out of their mouths? And it didn't stop there. They said, and the people we saw there are of great size. We saw, we saw with our own eyes. And then then there's a statement. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Moses sent them out on a mission. Forty days, they scoped out the promised land. And instead of coming up back with hope and excitement and passion for what God was going to deliver into their hands, they came back paralyzed with fear. They're too big, they're too strong, they're too great. They're too mighty. They're too powerful. They're too whatever it is. We seemed like grasshoppers. And they looked the same to them. Loose translation for this guy. I think part of what they were saying is this is way too big for us. These guys are way bigger than us. And I'd ask for you to to stop doing whatever it is that you're doing. I want you to look at me for a second. And I want to ask you, have you ever felt like this? Or are you feeling like this in this very moment? Are you experiencing these feelings right now? I feel like a grasshopper. I feel like an Italian stallion, Rocky Balboa, that's up against the greatest heavyweight champion. I am no match for what I've just been told about my health. Or I'm no match for the relationship issues that I'm dealing with, whether it's marital or, or parenting or dealing with a co-worker or a neighbor or even your own self. Or maybe that giant in your life is an addiction that just seems overwhelming to you in this moment. Maybe it's COVID and the fear that comes with that. Maybe it's the government. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's just living life in the United States right now that seems much bigger than anything you could do or handle. Before I go on, the truth is, many of us are struggling with this topic of courage. I have said this oftentimes, and I'll say it again, I don't think we hold the corner market on hard. Although we're so selfish in our own hearts and our own minds that we think, oh, maybe this is the hardest time in the history of the world. It's not. It's the hardest time in the history of our country. No, it's not. I might go on and say it's the hardest time I've had in this country during my lifetime. But how we respond is so important. How we view ourselves in the context of whatever that big is in our life is so important. Listen, the truth is oftentimes we as nobodies feel like we can't deal with the something in our life. It becomes that heavyweight champion. And like Rocky Balboa, we sit there and we say, no, (laughs) I know I've been training for this, but I can't do this. Or maybe it's like uh, the spies that just said, man, I know that God's promised us this. I know we've been traveling and moving towards this, but I can't. My friends, we need courage right now in each and every one of our lives, amen? Wherever your courage level is at, I would encourage you that I think all of us can move the needle towards full because you can't have enough courage. I can't have enough courage. And in speaking in light of the church, we can't have enough courage. Right now, the enemy looks strong. Right now, for us as Christ followers, uh, we're walking through a season that I've never seen in in my 34 years of, of being a Christian. I've never seen some of the stuff that we are facing, and I feel like we will be facing. And, and, and the question is, how are you and I going to respond? Are we going to cower like those, those, those other spies outside of, of Caleb and Joshua? Are we going to come back and say the enemy is too big? Uh, they are too strong. They are too great. I can't. Or are we going to stand up in the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and say, I can't, but he can. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And that is so important for each and every one of us. As a side note, there's a quote I heard many years ago from a pastor friend of mine that that was a a lead pastor of a church of like 24,000 people. His name's Don Wilson, and he said this to a group of pastor, leader, preachers. He said this many years ago. He says, uh, when I first started ministry, the church was the home team in America. He says the church is no longer the home team. And this was many years ago. I would fast forward to today and say that statement has never been more true than it is today. The church is no longer the home team in the United States of America. But I want to tell you this, God is still God and God is still in charge. And the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is still the good news and it's still what is going to bring us hope and light in our lives today, amen? And that's why courage is so important for you and I in our own lives, and then collectively as Christians. We could step out to the front line and be courageous, not because of who we are, but because of whose we are. Greater is he, the first John says this, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That's why even though everything looks much bigger than me and I can relate to the spies that said, I feel like a grasshopper. I feel like this little small thing up against this huge giant. And like I said, whether it's addictions or relationships or what's going on in our world or finances, you fill in the blank. I get what it feels like to be the underdog. But church, let me remind you, we are not the underdog as long as we are allowing Christ to be at the center and the core of each and every one of our lives. Amen. Well, if you continue reading on, Numbers 14, uh, uh, verses 2 through 4, all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and, and, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. It's like, oh, Leo, poor me, if only we had died in Egypt. You know, wah, 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 where's the pacifier? Or in the wilderness, why is it that the Lord is bringing us to the land only to let us fall by the sword? Wah, wah, wah. Our wives and children will be taken as plunder, wah, wah, wah. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt, wah, wah, wah? Wouldn't it be better if we went back to pain and abuse and no hope? But that's how messed up their thinking was. And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. I want to pick on these guys. But the truth is, I can relate. Uh, In my life, sometimes I've been no better. And honestly, in the 10 months of the pandemic, COVID, I I would say there's been moments in my, my, my life where I too have whined. And said, God, we're like, really? You're in charge and, and you're allowing this to happen? And why aren't you doing this? And, and maybe I should take the reins. And I, I don't know if any of you guys could relate to that or if it's just this crazy pastor, but that's just being honest with you. And you and I would sit and read this and go, you guys are crazy. You're just on the verge of entering in the promised land. You've forgotten about God, this almighty God that loves you and serves you and took you out of the heavy hand of Pharaoh in and, and, and the country of Egypt, and, and he set you on this pathway towards some incredible promises. And, and, and all of a sudden, you're going to shake your fist because it's not playing out like you want. But here's what's missing. They've forgotten about God. But not Caleb, not Joshua. Verse 7 through 9 of Numbers 14. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, Caleb says. A land flowing with milk and honey will give it to us. Only do, the rebel, uh, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. This is how courage looks. Strength in the face of fear and danger. God's got this, Caleb says something you and I need to be reminded of today. Amen. I've needed to remind, be reminded of this leading in a church. I've needed to be reminded of this in relationships with health issues, with parenting, on mission trips. The Lord, the list goes on and on. As you read throughout scripture, it's one story after another of courage. Abraham to leave his comfort zone was courage. Courage was Noah uh, going and building a boat. It was Nehemiah building a wall. Courage is, is, is Mary delivering a baby. Courage is David slaying a giant. Courage is Rahab willing to to hide some spies. Courage is Paul's nephew willing to stand up for him. Courage is Jesus Christ dying for you and I on the cross. When we learn that Caleb and Joshua led out in courage, as a result, they were blessed and God was glorified. Read the rest of the story and you'll see what happened to those that were not filled with courage and gave in to fear. That's why, again, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 tells us to be what? To be courageous. And I want to close with answering a third question uh, quickly. How to be courageous. Number one, conviction. Write that down, conviction. The word conviction simply means firmly held belief. If we want to be courageous, it's not going to just automatically happen. It's going to happen as a result of convictions. You go, Pastor, what convictions should I have? I want to share three. Uh, you, you add to this list, you subtract it. I just, want to, I just want to prime the pump here. I think one of the convictions each and every one of us ought to have, and this will help us with courage, is that God is who he says he is. See, you and I can't be courageous in our faith if we really don't believe God is who he says he is. Caleb was courageous because he knew God was able to take on all that crazy stuff that he could see. Caleb knew he couldn't, but he knew God could. Exodus chapter 3, 14 says this. God said this to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. Do you believe that about God, that he is who he says he is? All-powerful, all-knowing, compassionate, loving, fair, the list goes on. You and I need to have a conviction that God is who he says he is. Secondly, the Bible is his word. The Bible is his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. This isn't just a book to validate your feelings. This isn't a book to say, oh, this is a good story or two. This isn't a book that that we just go, okay, there's there's some value to it, but other stuff, no. It's not a pick and choose thing. Either this is God's word or it's not. I think that's a conviction you and I ought to have that's going to give us courage. Not only that God is who he is and that this is his word. And the last thing I think you and I should be convicted of is simply this. Love God, love people. When Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? He simply answers it this way. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. I believe these are some convictions that would help us towards the path of courage. And the second part of that equation is commitment. Conviction is the belief part, and uh, commitment is the action part. It's the obedience part. The devil is all right with the Christian that just believes. It's when belief, or in this case, commitment and conviction work together, it equals courage. A little math equation from Pastor Rob. Conviction plus commitment equals courage. I'd like to close in this way. It's a story of three recruiters who were addressing uh, high school seniors. Each recruiter represented a branch of the military. You had the Army, you had the Navy, and you had the Marines. Each uh, was given 15 minutes. But after the Army and the Navy spoke, it only left uh, the uh, Marine guy with, what, one minute to speak. He walked up and stood utterly silent for uh, a full uh, 60 seconds. Actually, he had two minutes to speak. So for the first minute, he just stood there. Then he opened up his mouth, and he, uh, he said these, these, these few words. I doubt whether there are two or three of you in this room who would even stand a chance in the Marine Corps. But I want to see these two or three immediately in the dining hall when we are dismissed. He turned smartly, and he sat down. When he arrived in the dining hall, there was a crowd of students interested in the Marines. The recruiter knew that commitment cannot take place without recognizing the potential for difficulty. I love this story, because I think that's true for you and I as Christ followers. Jesus never said that this life was going to be easy, that following him was ever going to be easy. But God is calling us to be courageous. And being courageous involves conviction and commitment, even when it's hard and difficult. Christian, I hope you find encouragement in this message. Yes, much of what we face in this world is bigger than us. But let me remind you, God is bigger than the stuff that you and I are facing. God bless you, and may you walk out courageous. or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.